This is a Capricorn FM podcast. There's a conversation that the country is having, especially the province. It has been catalyzed to a certain degree by events that took place in this province. The video that many have seen of bullying that the the bullied child eventually has, and reports are saying, has taken her own life. And so there is a conversation in the country around bullying. So there are many videos coming up. But the other side of the conversation is when someone is arrested and they are young, when they've committed an offense, when they're in conflict with the law what then happens how is the system to assist them to rehabilitate them because that's still the other most important part that needs to happen as well and and when we look at adolescents or teenagers committing crimes what happens how are they assisted to be able to be rehabilitated and returned back to communities and able to continue and be very active citizens so we're talking to social worker from department of social developments pulukwani secure care center formerly known as a juvenile correctional facility that is zamani mangani good evening welcome to progressive talk good evening to you and good evening to the listeners Good evening, good evening, Mr. Mangani. Now, Mr. Mangani, let's start quite basically in terms of rehabilitation of young offenders and the work that you do. What kind of work do you do in that in, in that side? Okay, thank you. Um, basically, we, we basically refer uh, to them as children who are in conflict with the law. Yeah. And um, in secure care facilities, we provide therapeutic services that are seen to be in the best interest of the children to meet the criminogenic needs that might fuel children to commit crimes. So in responding to the question of what happens when we provide such services to the children or what are the processes for rehabilitation, we can categorize them in three types. We have the diversion services, which are services that are granted or given to children who have committed petty crimes, crimes like shoplifting and not the scheduled third crimes. And this child needs to have admitted guilt or taken responsibility and the child needs to be willing to uh, go through the diversion programs. Then the diversion program is two levels. We have level one, which can be the services that the child will be receiving, therapeutic programs, while he is at home, like the micro uh, programs or the programs uh, when the child goes while he's going to school or living at home. And then we have the residential um, diversion, which is the level two, which is the um, program when the child attends to therapeutic programs and receives all the necessary interventions, which are seen to be in the best interest of the child while he is residing in a secure care facility. Then we also have the awaiting trial. When a child has committed a crime, remember, in terms of the law, everyone is innocent until proven guilty. So if the child does not admit that he has committed a crime, then what then needs to happen is that he has to be taken through the children's court. Wherein he will then uh, await trial, then the court will then determine whether he is guilty or not. And if he is guilty, then he will be sentenced. That takes us to the third um, program or the third service that we provide, which is the sentence care. So in the sentence care, children will then be admitted into a facility and they will be enrolled into different therapeutic programs that will be seen to be in their best interest after the assessment by the probation officer and the residential social worker and the clinical psychologist within the institution. The last part, does that happen while the child in conflict with the law is awaiting trial or when they've been sentenced? When the child is awaiting trial, there are certain programs that he can be enrolled in mm. while he's awaiting trial, like the life skills programs. Those programs will equip the child with necessary skills that he will be able to cope when now he is returned to the to the community. Remember, when he's awaiting trial, there are chances that he might be found guilty or not guilty. Mm. But our responsibility as an institution is to ensure that when the child is within the institution, he benefits while the court is also doing their part. So when the child is sentenced, mm. he is then enrolled into other therapeutic programs that will ensure that he 
when he leaves, he's a better person, or he sees the world differently from the way he saw the world before he committed the crime. During the, the intervention when the child is awaiting trial, the processes that happen there, do they also prepare the child for the trial? Yes, you need to understand that when the child is arrested, he will be assigned the um, legal aid, for example, if his yeah. family cannot afford the lawyer. Then when he is within our institution, we have child and youth caregivers who have certain programs and certain uh, interventions that they provide to the child. And there are social workers also who, who have certain programs and certain interventions that they provide to the client and who also have the clinical psychology. So when assessment is done, when the child is admitted in the facilities that we think then the social worker within the institution will provide assessment, will assess the child holistically, and then identify all the criminogenic needs or all the needs that are seen to be necessary for the child to be able to function as a normal person. And then should it be seen that he needs psychological services, it will then be referred. Should it be seen that the child first maybe needs further intervention from other stakeholders, the child will then be referred for such. And then when a child is found guilty, depending, and I wonder if it even depends on the degree and, and what they've been found guilty what they were charged looking at whether the child is found guilty or not is informed by court remember when the child commits a crime or is alleged to have committed a crime mm. the police officers the investigating officers will do their part which is to gather evidence to present to court and then the prosecuting team will also work with the probation officers where in at the end of the day it will then be determined whether the child has committed the crime and is found guilty if now the child has been found guilty then the court will issue an order which will be then brought into the security facility together with the child stating what needs to be done for the child in order to be a rehabilitated individual but you need to understand that when the child is reported to have committed crime mm. the probation officer then starts working together with the police from the moment it is reported that the child has committed the crime up until the child is then admitted in the facility the probation officer then continues to work with the social workers within the facility to ensure that at the end of the day when the child is done the programs and is done the sentence is then be reintegrated back to the community and he is now able to function as a normal member of the society without the stigma and the person with the hiccups of having committed a crime and now having to face what life has to brought, uh, bring to him does it happen that Sometimes a child is found guilty, but the sentence and the punishment only becomes that they should come to the center and get assistance. And after a certain period of time, they can be rehabilitated back to their community and family. Yes, definitely. When when the child is found guilty and in terms of the child justice, remember when a child commits a crime, in terms of our, our law, we apply the child justice act and the children act. And that one is all the clear information of what needs to happen to a child or a minor who has seen to have committed a crime. The child will be brought to the facility and then he will receive all the necessary therapeutic interventions. Rehabilitative processes will also take place in, in, in the process. And then when the child is now seen to be ready to face the commit or when he has, commit, he has completed his sentence. That is only when he can be taken uh, back or he can be re- uh, reintegrated back to the society. But there are circumstances when you realize that the child is not ready yet. Mm. Communication with court is then made that the child receives all the necessary services so that when he leaves or returns back to the community, he is ready. That is why we refer to them as children in conflict with the law than offenders because we understand that there are certain factors that play the role in that child's life for him or her to eventually find themselves committing the crime. So they are basically victims as well. I'll talk about the conflict part and the what motivated that concept of being in conflict as being as opposed to being an offender. But so when you get to a position where you need to determine is the child ready or not to be released from the care of the facility and to go back to the family and communicate with the 
the court and as far as that. What do you look at? There are many factors that are looked at. Mm. We, we assess the child when the child is admitted in the facility and when now the child is being prepared to go back to the community, we look at the impact of the programs that the child was involved in. We look at the change, if there is change. We provide interviews to the child and the other process that are done also. There are programs that are known like as a family group conference wherein the parents of the child will also be called into the facility when we sit down with the family and other members of the MDT within the institution and provide all the necessary services to the family as whole because we understand that some factors play a role from the parents or from the family setup and not the child alone. And then when now we realize that, okay, the family is ready, the child is ready, we then also look at the victim. Mm. Wherein victim offender mediation also takes place when uh, we call it restorative justice, when the, the victim uh, together with the perpetrator of the child in conflict with the law, we provide services to them so that when now the child is returned back to the community, is not the victim of, of stigmatization or uh, community uh, justice or anything that will either fuel the child to find himself reoffending. Or relapsing. When you're talking about possibilities of reoffending, I wonder if you are able to, and this may be a stretch, quite a question to ask, able to assess the success of the intervention programs you have. Assess them in the sense of how often, perhaps, what kind of a percentage, if of those that have gone through this program have chances of reoffending or not and things like that? Um, the prognosis is very high. What does that then mean? It means that provided that the child has received all the necessary services that are seen to be in his best interest by the social workers, by the clinical psychologists and other members of the MPT within the institution. Thereafter, the child is more likely not to reoffend. Remember, when the child comes into the facility, you might find that he led a certain skill, maybe he had anger problems. Mm. Then when he's in the facility, he's then provided with uh, therapeutic programs and sessions that empower him with skills to deal with frustrating factors in future or the child led social skills then the child is then empowered with social skills or empowered with life skills then when the child leaves the facility the child is now able to understand what is wrong what is right the child is also able to understand what is a crime and what is not a crime and what are the consequences of crime thereof so do we say that in most cases when a child in conflict with the law is awaiting trial is basically in your hands than being in custody to put it clearly is that yeah. there are two instances that can happen yeah when a child commits a crime there's a, an order which the court can, can declare that the child awaits trial while he's under the custody of the parent mm-hmm. but should it be seen that it is in the best interest of the child to be in a court care facility perhaps maybe the committee wants to uh, assault the child or they want to kill the child and the child can then be ordered to be placed in a court care facility and when he is in the court care facility that is when now the child will be under the care of the institution this terminology in conflict with the law what was the rationale behind it as to as opposed to being an offender okay you need to understand that when children are, are growing up they most of them really do not understand what crime entails or what is it that one has to do or to be charged as a person who has committed a crime unlike an adult who has now has a clear understanding and a clear mindset that when he assault a person is committed a crime. But with children, most of these things, because they're still grown, they don't really understand. And that is where the rationale comes in, that this is a child who's in conflict with the law because the child found himself in certain factors and risk factors that influence or played a role in him committing a crime. But when it comes to the adult, that's when we say this is an offender because the adult knew very well that should I take this cell phone from this person, this is a crime. But when it comes to the child, the child might not really understand that taking a chocolate from a shop is actually a crime. The child will just be thinking that if I take 
the chocolate from the shop, I will eat and then I'll be happy or I'll show off to my friends that I took the, the chocolate from, from the shop. And that terminology stands disregarding the degree of the crime. In terms of the Children's Act, the best interest of the child is of a paramount importance. What does that then mean? It actually means that whether the child has killed a human being or has done the adverse mm. uh, crime, we need to treat the child and look at what are the factors that made the child to eventually find himself committing that particular act. And then services need to be provided to that particular child. It's unlike the, an adult who will understand fully that this is what I'm doing and these are the consequences that I can face there. Remember, there are certain factors that play a role for a child to eventually find himself or herself committing a crime. Let's give an example about poverty. The child lives in a home when there's no food or bread, and then he sees next door that they didn't close the window, and he still believes that there's probability that there's bread in, or, or in the table in that house. He might find himself getting in so that he can get the bread. Then you can't say the child now is a criminal because he jumped in looking for food. But we then look at what made the child commit a crime. The child was hungry, he needed food. Then we work on the child to understand that when you get into somebody's house, take something that does not belong to you, it's actually a crime. And these are the consequences there of putting the child in other therapeutic programs that will... Um, empower the child to understand and make rational decisions in future. By the way, legally speaking, when we say a child, we mean a person up to what age? We mean a person up to the age of 18. 18? Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Thank you very much and keep on. That was a Capricorn FM podcast. For more podcasts, visit capricornfm.co.za.